Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. So, um, the Israel service, uh, how many were able to get to that uh, that we had on the seventh? The seventh. It seems so long since we've been in here. And to think about it, we were just talking about it. It's been five weeks since we've been up in the upper room. We've been downstairs for uh, some of them. And then, of course, last week was the snow. But um, but that was such a powerful service. And if you can, uh, you know, watch it online, um, it's just, it was, there was such an anointing there you know, of strength and power. I believe when Jew and Gentile come together in a unity, like a godly unity, I believe there's a blessing God works on that as well. God's into unity, mm-hmm. the right kind of unity, unity for his purposes. And there's been a lot of, you know, anti-Semitism and replacement theology and different things that has really pushed our roots and our heritage, really, because we've been grafted in uh, a way. So being able to understand that and come together and then celebrate that together, there's just such a power in that. And so I um, encourage you to, to watch it if you haven't already. Um, but coming into this year, there's two, um, there's respected voices that I listen to for prophetic, because um, there's a lot of pathetic words out there. And it's just, and it, and it needs correction, because there have been things that have been promised and they haven't happened. But one voice that was very clear in the midst of the Trump craziness prophecy stuff um, was my Dr. Michael Brown, and uh, he, he was a clear voice that really kind of spoke common sense into it, but then also just brought uh, just correction and clarity. But the one thing that he said coming out of 2023 and coming into 2024, it's time for the pushback. Mm-hmm. And so I just really believe that, and in, in, in it's there's COVID kind of lulled everyone, and everyone kind of lulled and setting back, and there's just that. It came and it's like, no, it's time for the pushback now. And there's that, there's a spirit of God that comes with that pushback. And we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at David, my favorite guy in the Bible. Um, just love David and love him because he was faithful to the end. And who, you know, the greatest testimony about him that God could give is a man after my own heart who's going to do all my will. Like, you can't have a higher, greater, you know, testimony about yourself from God, <laughs> and um, but uh, so we're gonna look at that. But uh, there's three things that I, I believe coming into this year. Um, there's more 24. I know we're like, oh, that's a crime, you know. But it, there is. There's more 24, and and coming into that, um, you know, there's two things that we were we were looking at for ourselves, just pushing ourselves. We're like, God, what do you want us to do? And we know the missions trip kind of came suddenly, but it actually was something we've been sitting on for a while. Bill and Kathy, and they, they were saying, you know, you need to be coming, you know, just be praying over it. We were praying over it, but the one thing God showed us is, is about, gave us, really convicted us, is about souls. And there's a barrenness, and that we need to see souls. Mm-hmm. And, and we can't be content with not seeing souls come into the kingdom. And that means having a burden for souls every day. That means everyone we're, that we're connected with, that we're seeing a, 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 a life that is lost, that our life is we are either the mission mm-hmm. or we are the mission or like or we are on mission or we're the mission field there are only two things so if 
If you're not on mission, which is go and preach the gospel to every creature, amen? Amen. Then you're the mission field. You're a person that needs to be reached. And so that's the way we've got to see it. And that's the way we've got to look at even every day. But I believe that we need to see souls. And so one of the things that we, we felt was we're sowing a seed to Kenya. We're sowing a seed into souls outside of Canada. We're sowing into missions. And I believe God's heart is he loves the world. So the heart of missions needs to be in, within the church. And we as a church, we need to branch out into that. And so we're, we're sending Pastor Sheila. And it wasn't a convenient thing to do. It wasn't a convenient thing to do just before Christmas. You need $5,000. We don't have it just hanging around in our bank account for the church, just ready to throw out to missions. We're not one of these churches that has 250000 in the bank. You know, some do. But we're not one of them. We, we use every dollar. We're, we're constantly putting it out there and reaching out. But we are like, we're going to do this. We're just going to take a step of faith and just hope it works out. <laughs> That's how you feel. And I know, I know, you know, faith is, you know it is going to. But it, how many know deep inside you're like, is this going to work? <laughs> and so... It came in within a few weeks, and we went over and above 5,000 graves, 6,200. So it was just, it was, it was an easy thing for God. And then Carrie, she's not here. I don't want to tell her story. Okay, she's in the nursery. I'll, I'll share her story. She had a class, and this just hit me. It hit me when she said it. And um, she, she has her own business, and there are these classes, and there was one class where it was just one person registered, so she was going to have to cancel it. She was like, oh, I just don't want to cancel it. We, you know, we need the money. And she just said, God, just could you fill the class, please? And the next day, the class was full. <laughs> full. Like it went from one to full. <laughs> and I just believe there's more in 24 <laughs> that we have to start asking again. Mm -hmm. Oh, and there's this thing, well, I asked before, you're getting this love, love, love. It's like, no, it's time for the pushback. It's time to start asking again. We didn't have a rah-rah in our spirit. We said, let's do Kenya. We did it. We had, okay, we'll do it. Mm -hmm. Not every step is a, ah. It comes, it comes, and we're going to look at this. And we see this, and we're going to look at it in David because we see all of these things in the spirit of David and what he carried. And we're going to look at an account that you probably heard in Sunday school, but we're going to read it again because I believe God will show you 10 other things you didn't see. Why? Because the word of God is living, it's alive, it's, it's, you, you always get something out of it. And so we're going to go and look at it, um, and we're going to go to say first uh, Samuel 17. We're going to start at verse 1. So it says here, The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between um, these two places. I'm not going to read them because I'll watch them. Saul countered by gathering his Israel troops near the Valley of Elam. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath. How I many you know the story of Goliath? You know what? There's a lot of people that don't. We, we seem to think everyone's heard it in Sunday school. A lot of people haven't gone to Sunday school anymore. <laughs> then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the, the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. 
He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of, of mail weighed 125 pounds. It says here, um, uh, he also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. <laughs> the guy's just a giant. And his armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. <clears throat> Goliath stood and he shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to why are you all coming out to fight? He called, I'm the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. That spirit is still around. It still shouts. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Your giant, and this is the title of my message, it's time to run to your giant. It's time to run to your giant. Run to him. And we're going to look at this. Because there's a spirit that God is putting in us to be able to go take the next steps that we have to take for him. And it is a spirit that runs to the giant and sees the giant defeated. Doesn't hesitate. It's, there's more. And all we have to do is run for it. You know, the Jewish New Year is also the, the year of the open door. That's what this year is. The open door. It's open doors, people. And there, there are so much God wants to do. But your giant defies God and his ways and appears big and powerful. So what's your giant? Is it sickness? Because there are giants of sickness that shed. They shed. They defy God. They say that will never leave you. That will never change. There are giants of fear that hold you. There are giants of, it can be finances, it can be, which is debt. Many times there are giants of your, your future and the possibilities because we live in a topsy-turvy world. So it's a huge giant we're looking at. What's the use? There are giants and they shout at you and they shout at you and they shout at you. But it's time for the pushback. How many want the pushback? Because it's a lot better to push back than to listen to the voices. Now David was, we're going to read on. So it says, now David was the son of man, a son of a man named Jesse um, from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time. And he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shema, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. And David was the baby. <laughs> David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help with his father. 
uh, with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. So this is what your enemy does. He struts, and he every day, see this is what the demonic influence does. Because our battle we know is not against flesh and blood, but it's against powers and principalities. And demons and demonic things are relentless. Mm -hmm. They shed. Mm -hmm. They constantly. They're like, they're like, you know when the Bible says he's Lord of the flies? Because mm -hmm. flies are annoying. How many know flies are annoying? And they're just, there's a bunch of you, and you're just like, hey, that's what it's like. And this, this is what, what Goliath did. It's just day, day after day. It says here, and then one day, and there are going to be a lot of suddenlies. Mm -hmm. The midnight miracle, someone was saying, was another prophetic word. And I believe there's going to be a lot of midnight miracles mm. where it's just God does it suddenly. And it was just one day. Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. How many know David was not expecting what was going to happen that day? <laughs> and give these 10 cuts of, of cheese to their captain. So see how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. David's brothers were Saul and the, the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out. He was responsible, right? Set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle, with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelites saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked soldiers nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? So there was something in David, it was a pushback. He wasn't running. He wasn't cowering away. When he was hearing this giant, he was hearing this voice defy God, which is what your enemy does when he brings fear, when he brings whatever he is bringing, whatever that giant is in your life, sickness, whatever it is, when you allow that to speak louder than God's voice, that's where you need to have something greater in you rise up. And, and God has that. There's a spirit of might that David carried, and I believe God wants to give it to us. Amen. Amen? Yeah. And it's the Holy Spirit, but he needs to rise up in you. David asked, and then so then it says here, um, uh, so he said, um, and these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. How do you know David's pretty good? I'm going to get a wife. 
Their family gets taxed. Come on, tax free. Mustafa, no taxes. I don't know if he knows what I'm saying, but he's he's getting better in English. So it says, but it says here, but when David's oldest brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. What are what about those few sheep that you're supposed to be taking care of? God bless family. <laughs> <laughs> and brothers, right? And they're like, whatever it is, but you know, what you few little sheep, like we're these frady pants soldiers. That's <laughs> what we are. And, and, and he says, he says, I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. See, this is what your enemy does to you. He puts lots of false accusations on you. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. He gives you all kinds of things. You begin to doubt. And David comes right back. What have I done now? David replied, I was only asking a question. And another translation says, is there not a cause? And he, and he walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to the king. And the king sent for him. So this is what, when we begin to dig in for, and, and, and what was so important about this, David understood one thing, God is a rewarder. And people are like, oh, I don't do it for the reward. Well, guess what? You're probably the most unmotivated person ever. You're probably passive and sitting back and not really doing much. Because when we, when we don't understand that God is a rewarder for everything that we do, we are not motivated. We can go in passive land and just live passive. Mm -hmm. But when we know that the Bible says we, we reap what we sow, that whatever I sow, it's going to come after me. That if I sow to the spirit, I reap to the spirit. If I sow to the flesh, I reap to the flesh. All these are motivation to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And when when God says, you know, he, the, the foundation of faith is this, Hebrews 11, 6, let's look at it. It is impossible to please God. Without faith. And what is it? Faith is anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Easy. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. What was David doing? David knew, I serve the armies of the living God. God exists in this moment. And he is, he is a rewarder of me because I'm, I'm seeking him. And I'm seeking out this reward. Amen? It says here, look at this in Matthew 6. This is motivation to pray, guys. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, Matthew 6, 5 and 6, who love to pray publicly in street corner, on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And another translation says, we'll reward you openly. So there is a lot of insignificant things that we do. David being with that few sheep. We're going to look at this later on as we read on. But there was stuff that was happening there. There was the foundation of what David became and who he was started in the shepherd's field. He shepherded sheep and then he shepherded a nation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
It's just, it spilled over. But he didn't take what was insignificant and, and mundane. And we think, oh, it's just kind of boring. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? It's because God's working something in you. Nothing is in vain in God. Amen. Nothing is lost or nothing is wasted with God. Amen. Even the mistakes are not wasted. They're lessons learned. They're things that we can grow on and, and, and build on. And it's, it's never ever something that has been lost. And so David understood the reward. And he was motivated because he understood the reward. Our motivation, we need to keep that in the forefront. It keeps me praying when I don't want to pray. It keeps me doing the tough things when I don't want to do them. Knowing that the Bible says that if I serve God and I, with all my heart, that there is a blessing that comes to a thousand generations. To my children, children, children. That's the blessing that comes if I remain faithful and serve God wholeheartedly. When I want to close my heart off because someone offended me. When I'm so hurt by so many different ones in different situations and, and, I, and I, I want to shut down. What do I do? I push, push back, knowing God is my rewarder. Knowing God it brings a blessing that's far beyond what I see right here. And it's important for us to know that. And then let's continue on. So we read it through verse 32. He says, don't worry about this Philistine. David goes up to Saul. He says, I'll go fight him. So here again, the pushback, a spirit of might, a spirit that was just not allowing this to stand in his way. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. This is what a man pleaser and people who are concerned about people and man, because that's who Saul is. Saul was a king that pleased people. He was a people pleaser. He was the religious spirit. David was a man after God's own heart. He had a whole different spirit about him. We got to decide which one we're going to be. And if we listen to that taunting spirit and we bow down to it, we become a part of it. We have to push back. Don't be ridiculous, he said. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. You didn't get proper training. You didn't go through all the steps. How many, right? You didn't go to university. And I'm not downing that, but not everybody needs all that. We've got all these things where people think I've got to have this and this and this. No, you don't. You got to have God. And maybe God will have you go through that. Great. But in the end, God better get glory for it, not you. Like we don't want us in the way. We want God. To get the glory. Mm -hmm. But David persisted. And this is what David persisted with. Life. What he already knew. Not something out there. Not, I heard it on YouTube. And this is what they said I can do. I heard this and I heard that. And I heard. No, no. David said, I've been taking care of my father's sheep. Yeah, guess what? I've been doing mundane jobs. Picking up sheep poop and all the rest. And and goats. And he said, and when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. <laughs> okay, you're a little bit crazy, David, but guess what? I think they are, they're a little more tenacious that way. 
Um, if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> I have done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too don't complicate it faith is not complicated what are you doing in your sheep field why do you fight me in your sheep field. Because if you're not doing it there, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do not minimize the smallest battles that you win. Take each one of them and build on it to the other one, to the other one, to the other one. This is what David did. And you know what David did? He just, he, he lived as that principle. Faith works when you work it. And he, and he said, I'll do it to this guy too. Why? Because he says, for he has defied the armies of the living God. In other words, he picked a fight with God. Like, you just don't do that. And I'm on God's side. He's not a covenant. I'm a covenant. That's what David saw. Amen. And see, a lot of things that we're up against, We've got to understand, it's defying God. Mm -hmm. Oh, it hurt my feelings. Put your feelings aside. They defy God. And let's defend God's glory, God's name, who God is. And let's not just come and bow to everything that's just thrown at us. God has a way that we can minister his power and his might, and in this situation, David's got to face a giant. And he says, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. No wavering here, guys. He is pushing. He is pushing into what God can do. Amen? Amen. And there's times, and I believe there's going to be many situations this year that you're going to have to push into. And you're going to have to remember what he did and know that he's going to do it again, but in a greater way. He's going to multiply what we're going to be doing. How many are ready for the, well, no one's ready for the multiplication, just do it. Nobody is ready. It's like kids. Oh, you're never really ever ready to have kids. You just have them and you figure it out. And you think, oh, I'm ready. And everyone who thinks they were ready, you ask them and they're like, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> you just figure it out. And and this is the, the thing though that I want us to see with David. Um, David understood, like David, we need to know the power of the secret place with God because this is what gave him what he had. And we're gonna go to the 23rd Psalm, we're gonna read it. It is the one of probably the most read scriptures, passages in the world. And it, it's so profound, but I want us to see the essence of what David gained in the shepherd's field, because that's where this was written. Mm. This is where this came from. This was from a secret place with God in the shepherd's field. Mm -hmm. This is a shepherd. And he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Mm. 
many of you know that's a pretty good start? Yeah. You're starting with, I've got everything I need. You've removed entitlement. You've removed, I got ripped off of this, I got ripped off of this, I got ripped off of No, no. When you understand the Lord's your shepherd, you will know you have everything that you want and you need. He lets me rest or lie down in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength and he guides me along right paths. Amen? Amen. And David didn't doubt for a second that that path of lunch ended up being, I'm going to go fight a giant. <laughs> He's like, the Lord is leading me on a right path. He leads me on right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. How many, when you read this now, you think, that's why he could face Goliath. This was in his spirit. This is who he was. This is what he carried. You prepared a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. David's like, bring it on. We are going to have a party here and you're going to be toast in front of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Amen. So this was David's secret. And this is probably the foundation. You know, when we we're looking at, uh, I want to put a plug in here for the Replenish Retreat because this, times like this, coming away like this, it, it solidifies that foundation of who we are in Christ. It brings us back to just, just that awareness and, and just and brings forth those things like where the whole theme of it is do not throw away your um, your confidence for it has great reward your confident trust in the Lord because it has great reward there's a lot of stuff that's been thrown away that's good and we got to bring it back and say no no and I really believe this time you know we're unplugging and we get to unplug for two nights and almost three days so I'm gonna get to really unplug we're only doing it for, you know, a, 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 a night and a, uh, a full day um, before because we didn't have a facility. But just taking that time and then just building that relationship with each other and with God. There's just that, so many good things that come out of it. And it's, it's such a good investment in your spiritual walk. And with everything in life that's demanding so much and pulling so much from you in so many different ways, you need to make an investment. You just need to see it as an investment. And I'm going to sew into this. And don't buy three sweaters. Go and encounter or replenish. You don't need those. Invest in your spiritual life. That's so important. And you will get so much back from it. We'll give you a full refund if you don't like it. <laughs> That's okay. That's good. Because <laughs> we've never had anyone that has it. So, 
David understood the secret place, and it's important we invest in the secret place, taking our time with God every day, reading the word, hearing him, and understanding what he says. Just the, those foundational things that are so important. And then from there, then David's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it says Saul finally consented. How many know when, you, when you've got the pushback spirit, you, you get doors open. He says, all right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. And David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, And he had, for he had never worn things like this before. He said, I can't go in these, he protested. To Saul, I'm not used to them. So David took them off. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Now, this is a very important thing that we have to remember. And it's very, it's a, something that we really deal with in our society as comparison. Everyone's comparing this and that. Oh, this person did this. What? Okay. And, and Saul here was like, I'm going to put this on you because that's what guys do. You wear armor. You're going. But David's like, no, I'm not used to this. I'm staying in my lane. You're not putting this on me. This is, this is the way I roll. And this is the way I kill bears and I kill lions. And this guy's no different. But people try to put on you, oh yeah, but they, but they do it this way, and this is better because this is the way it's done, and this, and this, and, and they put things on you. How many have had people put things on you and got you to do something, and then it failed? Because you didn't stay in your lane. You didn't do it the way God wanted you to do it. You didn't take ownership of it for yourself. And David, he took ownership of it. And he understood that what he had was inside him already from God. It didn't really matter about the outward. And, and Paul prayed a prayer in Ephesians. We're going to read it. Ephesians 3.16. I think I gave you that one. And he says here, and this is what I want us to understand. And this is a good prayer to pray over yourself. He says here, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Amen. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And your roots will grow down uh, into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is, the, is this love. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now... All glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power, at work somewhere out there in space. And hopefully, we will be able to grab a hold of it somehow. Where is it? Within us. In you. It is already in you. David knew this. David knew everything he needed was in the God inside him. And the God was with him. He says, that's power that has worked within us to accomplish what? Infinitely more than we might ask or think. Amen. In other words, you ask, you think. 
God does the infinitely more. Amen? But you ask and you think. That's good. All right? Can you do that? Can you keep asking? And don't overthink it. <laughs> okay? Because God will blow your brains out. He's just going to blow your brains anyway. And glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Powerful prayer to pray over yourselves. So there, this is where he goes now. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at his ruddy-faced boy. I'm a dog. He says, this is what he says. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Oh, he is picking a fight with the wrong guy. These are fighting words. It's like he's defying David's God. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. And David replied with the pushback. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This is the right pushback, guys. No personal offense. No, this is you pick a fight with God. Today? Today. And he starts prophesying. Today, and this is what you got to start doing to your enemy that's shouting at you. You gotta start prophesying to him. You gotta start telling him, no, no, this is how it's gonna go. This is who my God is. This is what my God can do. This is what God's power can do. And he says, today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world, that's us too, will know that there is a God in Israel. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he is still fighting for Israel. Amen. Come on. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people but not with the sword and the spear. In other words, not by the arm of the flesh, not by everything that humanity puts their confidence in, not by all these things that everyone's putting their trust in right now and running away with free pains because they put their confidence in all those things. But little shepherd boy was worshiping God with the sheep Removed from all of that, but getting a picture of who God really is. You know, sometimes in your places being hidden away, you're like, why am I here? Why am I here? Maybe it's because you need to get a better picture of God. And God's removing you from all the other stuff around. So you can get a better picture. And he says here, they will know. But not with the sword and spear, because this is the Lord's battle. And he will give you to us. Amen? Amen? This is what I want us, this is the whole 
My message came, this is it. As Goliath moved closer to attack David, David what? Ran. Ran quickly to meet him. So, you know, how many of you felt that point of hesitation? And it's like, it's, that, it's just that, it's that moment, you know, where you're like, and you, you gotta do one thing, you either run one way or the other, but you gotta, you gotta do something. And, and so this year, run to your giant. Run to the giant. The very thing that shouts at you to not do something, do that very thing. Do the exact opposite of what it's telling you to do. Just run. And he ran to him. And reaching into a shepherd's bag, he took out a stone, he hurled it with a sling and hit the fellow's down in the forehead. The stone struck him and, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. Isn't that awesome? Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath and David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and they ran. <laughs> See, there's a lot of things that God can give the turnaround so quick. We seem to think, how will this ever change? How will this ever change? God can change it in a moment. All he needs is people to stand up in courage and say, God, what do you want to do? What is your name? How is your name going to be exalted and lifted up in this place? What is it that, that needs to be done? And then it says here, um, They turned and, and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. And the bodies of the dead and the wounded Philistines were strewn all over the road, um, all the way, you know, I'm not reading all the places. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. And David took the Philistines' head to Jerusalem, because <laughs> that's what you do. You just carry the head. And he stored the armors, uh, the man's armor in his own tent. That's his trophy. He's like, yes, this is what God did. And we got to remember our trophies. Don't forget what God did. They're trophies. And it's, you can brag on God about them. God, you did this. Remember them. And, and so there's a, there, I want to close with these two, um, two things. Um, this is my first closing. <laughs> These two scripture verses. Because this same spirit is throughout the word of God. And in Daniel 11, Daniel was prophesying about the end times and about this spirit that was going to defy God. And, he, and, he, and I'm just going to read the one part. In Daniel 11, 31 and 32, it says this. It says, His army will take over the temple fortress pollute the sanctuary, put a stop to the daily sac sacrifices, and set up sacrilegious objects that cause desecration. See, the devil just wants to defy God wherever he can. It just whatever he can. Even the whole thing he's bringing, with so many things that he's bringing here, it's just to defy God in his ways. And this is what's happening here. He will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant. But, but... But the people who know their God will be strong 
and will resist him. Or another translation says, will be strong and do great exploits. <coughs> How many of you know da Daniel had that spirit? And Daniel, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of a pagan nation, he, he, he rose to the top and he ruled. Because he had an excellent spirit. He knew his God. Amen? And all of us can know God. And that's all it takes is knowing God. And then this is another one. Second Chronicles 16, 9. And this is what we got to keep in the backs of our minds all the time. The eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro. He's constantly looking, 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 looking for what? Throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. It's one thing he's looking at. And the Bible says, uh, another translation, this one doesn't say it, but to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And he says here, and he rebukes this guy, he says, you've done a foolish thing from now on, um, you will be at war because this king had done an allegiance and he had had God win battles for him, but then he took allegiance with his enemy and he, he didn't call upon God. And he divided his heart. And God's like, no, no, you got to be that one that's fully reaching out to him. That says, God, I want to see you do the ultimate. I don't want it to just get by. I want to I see you, God, be, be manifested in your fullness, in your power, in your glory. Not so someone else can do it. I want it for me. I want to see you do it. I want your eyes to see me and my heart fully committed to you. Amen? Because he strengthens those hearts and shows himself strong. And that's what I believe he wants to do. Let's stand up and don't forget to have the worship team. We, I believe this year, we got to take a step forward. And I want us to, to look at our giants that are, are shouting at us. Does this red light mean my battery is going or no? Oh well, I'll keep going until. Um, we. This year is the year that there is more in 24. There is more. But there is a law, so there's an enemy that knows that. And he's stacking things up. And he's putting obstacles. Mm. And he's putting giants because it's smoke and mirrors, right? That's the way he is. He's a jerk. And so you just move on. You like let him know who your God is. But how many, you wanna, you wanna dig in and you wanna go for more? Come on. I believe you do. And so we're gonna press in and, and I believe that God wants to pour in that spirit of might that David had. And, and we've got to invest in the, the things that David invested in, and that is his secret place with God. We've got to make that commitment to, to take, and that secret place, just this religious spirit that is just so prevalent, 
And people are like, oh, I didn't read my Bible today, I didn't do this today. And it, it just, it's all about do's and don'ts. And it's like, no, it's about taking God with you every day. And as you walk with him every day, he encourages you to open up that word. He encourages you to do, and, and you don't get snowballed and just throw everything away. You're, you're like, all along the way, he's leading you. But it's committing to God. I want my heart to be fully committed to you. I don't want it to be divided. I don't want to try to please the world and try to please you. Please my boss and please you. If you please the Lord, you'll please your boss. Yeah. But please the Lord first. And you'll be happier, your boss will be happier. Well, maybe your boss will be happier. <laughs> One time, uh, my boss lied for me and I had to confront him and, because that's what Jesus would do. And he wasn't happier with me. But most of the time. <laughs> um, but if you please the Lord, he rewards you. He strengthens you. He shows himself stronger than you. That's all that matters. And we will see giants come down. And we will see the name of the Lord lifted up. And we will see people come and honor the one that you serve. Because he's worthy. Amen? And this is what we want to see. We want to see this. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.